Hey there, voice teacher. It is Nikki from Full Voice Music, and today's podcast, podcast number 44, is all about raising your rates. If it is time in your teaching studio to let your students and families know that the rates are going up, well, you are in the right place. I want to share some inspiration. I want to share some resources, and I'm hoping to give some of you the courage to make some positive changes in your teaching studios. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Full Voice Podcast. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, resources for private, classroom, and choral music programs. And here's your host, Nikki Loney. Hi there, voice teachers. Thank you so much for joining me on the Full Voice Podcast. My name is Nikki Loney, and I am so glad that you are here. If you are listening to this podcast at time of release, it is the end of April. And for teachers in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, if you have the September to June kind of timeline, um, most of us are kind of gearing up for seasonal recitals. Some of us continue through the summer, but some of us have a slower schedule. Um, But we're kind of at that time of year where we need to inform our clients, our students, our families about changes in our studio policies and raising your rates and letting people know that your prices are going up can be so stressful and we've all been there. So uh, a lot of conversation is happening about this on a lot of our forums and I just wanted to put my two cents in there and I wanted to share some of the resources that I really uh, have found helpful in uh, in uh, getting my business savvy on, and I'm really happy to share with you. Uh, I know that um, some of you haven't raised your rates in a few years, probably because you just didn't want to deal with the bad feels of having to explain to people that your rates are going up. And uh, if that is you, then I'm glad you're here, and I want you to know that you are not alone. Changes in our business model uh, can be really stressful. And yes, the biggest fear is that we are going to lose students. Now, I want to talk about that today. Um, now, this is this podcast is a little different. Back in podcast number 18, um, I talked all about updating your studio policies. Now, this is like a, um, a big overview because uh, I was talking about when my husband and I went from monthly lesson fees to a tuition fee. Now, that was back in 2000. 2016. And I just want you to know that it made such a huge difference for both of us. So for those of you who are new to this podcast, my husband is also a private music teacher. So we were struggling with people and too many cancellations and and such a fluctuating income that we really had to go to a tuition-based model. And um, that has made such an amazing difference in our lives. It put far more money in our bank account and it freed up a lot of, uh, of our free time 
freed up a lot of our free time. That's not what I meant to say. It made administration in our teaching studios a lot easier, giving us more time. That's what I meant to say. Um, Anyhow, it was scary at the time. It was really scary at the time. In fact, my husband and I uh, really had some tough conversations. Um, Sean was... uh, was not excited about doing it, but he had to because we shared students and there was no way that I could have a tuition-based model and he could still stay with the monthly uh, payment model. And so he reluctantly kind of jumped on board forcefully with his wife nagging him. And it, But it's worked out really well. But it was scary. And I appreciate that any changes to our business can be really, really scary. Um, but this podcast is more about the financial, talking about money and our relationship with money. I want to talk about um, some of the excuses we might have for not raising our rates. I want to talk about all the things that you need to think about when you are crunching numbers. Uh, it's not just about how many students you're teaching. There's so many things you have to take into consideration when you're looking at your financial picture. I also want to talk about communication, how you communicate these changes to your students in a way that prevents everybody from jumping ship. And and before we get started, I know that that is the biggest fear for many of you. You are terrified that all these students are going to quit. Some students may choose to discontinue with you, and that's okay. Um, And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. We, the ebb and flow of new students into your teaching studio is actually really important. Uh, New students bring a new energy, they bring new people, they bring new families, people in your community. So having people come and go from your studio, although it can be time consuming because we have to get, get used to the new student, we have to get them into a productive routine. But I have to say this last year, this last year for me, was really interesting because I had I had a lot of my high school students graduate and go off to university and I, I miss them so much. Um, so I had an influx of new students and I was very anxious and and very it took me a while to figure them out and to try and see how I could best teach to their needs. And uh, But I have to say they brought in new people into my studio, really great families, really great opportunities. They've opened up some new contacts within um, my community, and I'm, I'm really grateful that they're there. So... Uh, losing students isn't the most scariest thing that can happen to you. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But uh, the first thing I want to talk about, if you are uh, looking at raising your rates today, and I hope or raising your rates this year or next year, and I really hope you are, uh, this is something that professionals do. We, we don't, if you're not working for somebody else and they're not dictating your pay scale, then you have to uh, advocate for yourself. But I want to talk a little bit and starting with kind of our relationship with money because it's interesting and how we feel about money definitely has a lot to do with how we handle these kind of changes and how we run our businesses. Um, The first thing that I want to say is that our our relationship with money is very complicated and very deep-seated. We 
we start with our relationship with money from back when we see our parents and how they were with money. Did your parents talk to you about money? Did they share uh, smart money tips? Did they talk about good money practices? A lot of families don't talk about money with their kids. So that was that was kind of my family. And so my sister and I were talking about this. Now, my sister is also a self-employed entrepreneur. Um, she's amazing. She works with with dogs, actually. She's like amazing. If you want to check out her website, it's beyondobedience.ca. She is so, so cool. Uh, but we were talking about how uh, as entrepreneurs, as business women, you know, we kind of had to uh, learn how to look at our money and look at our bottom line and look at our finances. And that was something that w- we didn't, uh, we didn't really see with our parents. So um, our relationship with money, how we feel about money, or if we're awkward about talking about money, that can all really have a profound effect on our businesses. So, um, if money is something that causes you a lot of anxiety, I really highly recommend that you reach out with a business coach um, or a bookkeeper, accountant, somebody that can really walk you through what you need to be looking at. And just like uh, people who want help with their voices come to us, uh, people who want help with their finances should go to a financial expert. Now, I am excited because one of my upcoming guests is a voice teacher and a financial expert. His name is Jeremiah Johnson, and he's going to be coming up very soon on the Full Voice podcast. Uh, But um, I want to just just kind of give you the accountant truth bomb that I got from my accountant. So my accountant, Nadim, he's he's a very nice man. He has like no sense of humor. And in the office where they work, they don't listen to any music whatsoever. It's like walking into an exam room. There's, it's dead. It's kind of creepy. Anyhow, Nadim is a no-nonsense accountant guy, and I always try to make light of things and make fun of things. And um, one day I had um, said to him, he handed me my taxes, and I had owed some money, quite a bit of money. And uh, I said to him, half-joking, I said, Nadim, this is why I can't have anything nice. And he got very stern with me, and he said, I'm not responsible for your financial bottom line. If you never look at your finances, then tax time would be pretty scary, and these things would be surprise surprises for you. He said, if you never look at your money, you will never have money. If you sometimes look at your money, well, sometimes if you're lucky, you may have some money left in the bank. And if you are diligent and if you are constantly on top of your finances, I guarantee you will be a successful uh, business person. That was my accountant's truth bomb to me. Now, as much as I was embarrassed after being reprimanded like that, uh, it's the truth. That is the truth. So... If you would like your money problems to go away and you never look at them, then your money problems are going to come right back at you. So the first tip I have for you is is know your numbers. Uh, If you're using a program like My Music Staff um, or any kind of like QuickBooks, those programs, if you're diligent in keeping your entries um, up to date, uh, they have great report features you can you can organize them. You can see your expenses. It's so important to know where you are at 
financially. And that is, that's so important about being a good business person. You need to know your numbers. Now, some of the excuses that uh, I know people like to use about why you can't raise your rates, okay? So the biggest one, obviously, is, well, uh, my students can't afford it, or I have families that wouldn't be able to afford my services. Um, unless you are their accountant and you have access to their financial records, uh, you actually have no authority or true knowledge about their financial situation. There's a lot of people out there that complain about money that are doing just fine. And there's a lot of people out there who, um, you know, they, they, maybe they, maybe they are struggling, but again, we don't have the big picture. So when you say things like, well, they're not going to be able to afford me, uh, I want that you, I want you to turn that around. What if you went into a store? It's like that scene from the pretty woman movie where they look at her and they say, you're not, you wouldn't be able to afford the clothes here. That was a pretty miserable scene in that movie. And that's exactly what we're doing to some of our of our students. If we're making that assumption that they can't afford our $5 a lesson increase. So when you are looking at raising your rates and you start that false narrative about, well, I can't because, I really want you to ask yourself, is that the truth? And um, and really be honest with yourself because unless, like I said, unless you like know their financial picture, like their chartered accountant, you don't really know. You don't know until you know. So that's one of the excuses. Now, the other thing that I really want to caution people on. So a lot of people will do this thing where they, they grandfather in students, like longtime students with their old fees. And I really want to caution you on that because that is just, that's a tricky slope. You're just, you're just delaying your pain and suffering. So this is what happens with grandfathering. And now, truthfully, I actually have a couple of adult students that I'm working with who I grandfathered in on an old, like years ago. And if I were to raise their rates to my current rate, I'd have to charge them almost $20 more for a lesson. That is such a ridiculous increase. Like I, I, I can't do that. Oh, by the way, you won't, you owe me an extra 20 bucks today. Um, and that's Canadian. So it's not as, as much in American dollars, but anyhow, I digress. So grandfathering in, that's a tricky slope. That's a, that's a tricky thing. And I really want to caution people because keeping people at certain rates, um, only gets them to the point where you're going to start resenting working with them because you know you're not getting paid properly to work with them. Um, so I know that it, that a lot of people kind of get relief by offering that option to people who can't afford, I'm doing the air quotes here, they can't afford it so you keep them at the old fee. If you wanted to do something like that, and this is a recommendation from one of my colleagues who has an incredibly busy and super successful teaching studio. So what he will do is he will tell people, of the rate increase now in April, beginning of May, 
He will let people know that the price change is changing come July 1st, but all students that are studying through the summer can keep it at the original rate, and then the rate will increase will happen in September. And he does that to encourage people to study with him through the summer, as well as a way to to offer value to his clients who have been with him for a while. So he's just extending the old rate for a few more months until the new rate is in. And I think that's actually a really great idea. So he's giving people plenty of notice and an opportunity to study in the summer at the old tuition fee rate. So I think that's kind of a neat idea. So grandfathering in and keeping some people at older fees, don't do it. You deserve a raise. Oh my goodness. All right. Now, the next thing that I want to get into is um, the uh, all the things that we need to think about when we are raising our rates. So all the things we have to factor in. So we're talking the crunching of the numbers. Now, before I dive into specifics, I want to just remind everybody that if you have been pricing yourself below industry, or maybe you don't know what industry is, what are, do you know what your local colleagues are charging? Or do you know what lessons are at the music uh, education center down the street? Um, It is really important Uh, when you are pricing yourself in your communities to know what the going rates are. And um, that, that requires a little bit of research, mostly just searching online, but I think it's very helpful. But one thing I want to uh, one thing I want to just put out there, a lot of uh, music teachers, p- piano teachers, uh, voice teachers, have a, a tendency to price themselves, underprice themselves. And I just want to remind each and every one of you, if you have forgotten or perhaps you didn't think of yourself like this, but you are a highly trained specialist. Yeah, you have uh, training and education that other people don't. If you've been teaching for a while, you have in the trenches experience, and that does count for everything. So when you are looking at um, your prices and maybe you've been undercutting yourself for a while, um, I want you just to look in the mirror and remind yourself that you are a specialist. You have a special skill set. What you do in your teaching studio is important. I think sometimes we think that uh, we're providing this uh, frivolous kind of activity. I certainly don't think of myself as that. I think um, singing uh, brings joy to people. I think it's an important skill. I think uh, singing and building your confidence and being able to stand on stage is a life skill. And I challenge anybody that thinks that it's not. So by making them stand on stage and sing a song. Anyhow, uh, but one of the things there are several of the things that you really need to be crunching when you are looking at your fees and increasing your fees is um, uh, the first thing is, are you factoring in your administrative time? We spend an enormous amount of time emailing, texting, researching, um, at least some of us do. Um, Now, that time isn't just part of the job, and it shouldn't be considered part of the job. 
For each of your students, on average, you could be spending an extra 15, 20, or even 30 minutes in prep time, finding resources. Maybe it's transposing. I have so many kids in my teaching studio, and their charts need to be transposed. And uh, that takes my time. So when we are pricing ourselves, you want to not just look at how many hours you're teaching, but how many hours outside of that you are working for your students and for your teaching studio. And your fees should reflect that. Now, this is something that's challenging because sometimes parents, they, of course, they don't see the extra stuff. So um, I don't, I have in my policies, and I think everybody should have in their policies, um, this is what my fee includes. This is what my fee is including. It's not just the time that I spend teaching your child. I am doing continuing education. I am uh, purchasing music. I'm going to workshops. I am doing so much stuff outside of the lesson. And I let my, my families know that that is, that is uh, included in their tuition fees. Now, some teachers will be charging a uh, registration fee, which covers some of the extra books and stuff. I think that's a great idea. Um, I used to keep telling myself to stop buying books for my students and just make my families do it. But it's just easier if I do it. It really is. I'll know that I get the right copy, the right key and all of that stuff. Now, the other thing that so many of us really have to take into consideration um, because we, uh, being self-employed, you've got taxes and you've got insurances to take into consideration as well. So even though your fees, you're raising your fees, um, a lot of that's not just going into your pocket. That is going into the cost of running a business and being self-employed. And again, if this is something that is really overwhelming for you and you just don't understand it, I highly recommend that you reach out to a, a business professional or if uh, a financial expert, a financial person that can really help you get your house in order. Um, and I, again, I, I, I really have to thank um, uh, my financial people, my, <laughs> my Nadim, who, um, as I told you about the truth bomb, and as well as, as Sean and I have a financial person that makes sure that we have things in place. So we have to take into consideration all of those extra costs because that does come out of our business and it doesn't go into our pockets. It's not going out for dinner money, is it? Now, the other thing that I, uh, I really want to um, uh, help you with, and I want to go back to that, factoring the administrative time, I'm going to put a link to our dear friend, Michelle Marquart DeVoe. Uh, her blog, she has a wonderful blog post uh, called What's in My Hour, Why I Charge What I Charge. That is a brilliant blog post. And for those of you who are really new to this concept or you're not sure exactly what you should be considering, uh, factoring in when you're crunching numbers, that blog post is brilliant. And we're going to have Michelle back on the podcast because she is not only an incredible voice teacher, but she is one savvy business lady. So I'm going to put a link to her her blog post, uh, Why I Charge What I Charge, What is in My Hour. Um, and it's great. Check that out. Now, now, uh, the other thing that um, I want to talk about, the next little thing, is um, 
communication. Communication. So telling people about your fee increase or your policy changes. So first of all, uh, and I've said this many times on the podcast, communication is hard. It is time consuming. It requires mindfulness. It requires proofreading. It requires uh, time. And this kind of information, this this change, any kind of change like this, you're not going to whip up a five-minute email and then hit send. You are going to take your time, write a really great email. Um, I'm going to give you some tips. And you're going to sleep on it. You're going to let a colleague read it. You're going to read it a few more times. And then you're going to hit send. So uh, when we send out emails and texts, they really are the lousiest forms of communication. The other problem with emails and texts, uh, especially emails, is people don't read them. People are, are skimming. They're glancing. So they're going to they're gonna pick up what they want to pick up, which is why I recommend that you have the person-to-person conversation. Hand them a copy of your new policies. Explain to them that next year you've made some exciting changes to the teaching studio and that they're is a fee increase for next year. Never apologize. Never, ever, ever apologize. So you are entitled to this raise. You're probably well overdue for this raise. You don't need to go into any sad and lonely stories about how horrible your life has been or how hard your year has been. You don't need to do that. You need to celebrate what the new year is going to bring. And that is is one of the, uh, and I'm going to turn my page here didn't hear that. Um, That is one of the things about raising your rates. When we raise our rates, uh, it really uh, gets us looking at our business. It really gets us looking at our business and and, and it inspires us to grow, to improve, to offer things um, that maybe we didn't feel we had the time to offer before or to just you know, really think about our business and how we want to to grow our business. Um, if you're feeling that your teaching studio is kind of in a rut and, you know, maybe it's time. And it could be as simple as, as investing in some new music books. It could be as simple as, you know, painting the walls. Like you want to be putting life and inspiration into your teaching studio. And sometimes by making some changes, raising your rates, you getting new students into your studio, that can do so much for your soul. Um, so that is one of the reasons why raising your rates on a regular basis really helps us to keep an eye on what we're doing and to keep our brains thinking about how we're going to be the, a better teacher. Maybe a rate increase will allow you some money to go to a convenience Convention and learn some more or network more. Or maybe that raise will allow you to do some things in your studio that you couldn't do before. So again, we're all fearing the the change and we're worried about losing people. But what if we reframed that into um, re- reviving our, our inspiration for our studios? And I know this sounds really simple, but the other day I bought a beautiful yellow chair because the colors in my studio are yellow and gray and I just wanted some more fun and I had this dingy old dirty chair that I had borrowed air quotes from one of the lounges in the church (laughs) 
Anyhow, I've returned that dirty old chair to the lounge in the church, and I have a beautiful new yellow church or yellow chair, and I love it. And I, it just so when you get to invest in your studio, you're investing in yourself, and you are investing in your students. So maybe your mindset about rate increases needs to just be reframed. Now, the other thing I want to just say is um, your value does not decrease based on someone else's inability to see your worth. Oh, everybody will experience you and your services, and it's actually not about you. They are living their lives. They are experiencing things their way. So if someone decides that they don't want to invest in your teaching studio anymore, it has really nothing to do with you absolutely nothing to do with you or your value or what you do or your experiences. So we really need to stop personalizing this whole thing when we lose students. All right. So I want to move on just quickly to the email. So I want to break it down, give you some inspiration. So the email or the wording in your policy. So the biggest thing that we need to remember when we are, um, Uh, about persuasive copywriting is that it needs to be about them and the value that you are offering them. It's not about you. Okay, so that that's a tough one. It's the same thing with our websites. Our teaching websites should be all about the amazing things that are happening in our studios and the great things that we do for our students, not a laundry list of our accomplishments as human beings. I know that's going to ruffle some feathers, but that is that is what you want to do. You want to make it about them and not about you. And same thing with policy change notifications. So the first thing, number one, you want to thank them for being your student. You want to celebrate the year that they have had. And, in, and you're going to keep this brief and to the point, not too flowery. You want to highlight some of the fantastic achievements within your teaching studio this year. So if you had a student that uh, got into a school of the arts or you somebody won an award or maybe you've got um, some other accomplishments, you can celebrate those students. And in celebrating those students, you're celebrating your teaching studio. You also, number two, want to tell them how excited you are for the upcoming year and highlight the opportunities that will be available for them. That's what I love to do. When I hand out my new policy for the year, I always tell families, I'm so excited. We're going to do some really fun things next year. And I'll tell them a little bit about my plans and what I've got going on for them. And I truly am excited. Um, Then number three, you're going to just matter of factly, no apologizing, no tiptoeing around it. You're going to say there is a rate increase for starting of this date and list the price change. You're going to not try to hide it. You're just going to say, hey, my rates are going up. And uh, and then again, at the end, you're going to thank them again, tell them how excited you are, and all the wonderful things that are coming up in your teaching studio. That is simple. That is uh, writing about them, not about you. You're telling them about the value that you are offering them. And um if you uh, hand this out, okay, there may be that one person. There may be that one person that really says to you, well, we can't afford this or this is too much, you know. And unfortunately, if you are dealing with those people, again, I need to remind you, it's not about you. It's not about you. 
And some, just for the record, some people complain about price no matter what. Some people complain about money no matter what. And sometimes these people have plenty of money, right? Um, I had a family many years ago who was always telling me every month when she gave me, this is when I was taking monthly payments, every month she would give me a check and she would give me such a hard time. It was like I was stealing money from her. But every week her daughters, her whole family came and I taught the daughter, but there's three of them and they would wait, had trays of Starbucks food, coffees, lattes, frappuccinos, cookies, bento box food things. They would probably have about $70 worth of Starbucks food in their hand every single week. And then she would complain to me about how expensive my my lessons were. So there's everybody has a different experience with money and the people that are concerned. And if they do, if they do, again, do not take it personally. You keep your cool. You get all zen. And you just explain to them, I have, I, this is my business. This is my business. And I have crunched the numbers. And I have to make some changes in my teaching studio. And, uh, and that's really all you have to say. You can go into specific detail. You can, again, reiterate some of the great changes that you're making and how excited you are. But don't let the bullies push you around. You got that? Don't let the bullies push you around. I hope that you found this information uh, helpful. I hope that for those of you writing out your new policies or talking about money changes, you have some more information. Please be sure to do your due diligence and really look deep and hard at what is going on in your studio and how you can nurture it and grow it. I have a wonderful uh, voice teacher slash financial expert coming up and he's going to, we're going to expand on all of this stuff. Um, but uh, uh, his name is Jeremiah Johnson. He's coming up in a, in a little bit. I, I have so many wonderful guests coming up. As always, if you are finding value in this podcast, you can support us by going to the iTunes page and leaving a review. A review helps other listeners find our podcast. And of course, it helps us to spread the message. All right. As as always, I am wishing you an incredible day of inspired teaching and happy singing. You have been listening to the Full Voice Podcast. For more information and free teacher resources, please visit our website at www.thefullvoice.com. Made by Canoe Music. Canoe Music.ca.